This is the Bench Warmers with your host, Cody Foxley and Cajun Lane. Brought to you by 881 The Brew, your music central. Hello, Ellensburg. Good morning, afternoon, I guess. Uh, welcome to the Benchwarmers here on 88 Won the Berg. Very glad to have y'all. And uh, we got a big week this week. Let's kick it off by introducing ourselves. I'm Cajal. What is going on, everyone? It's your boy Cody here. You know what it is. You know, welcome back to the Benchwarmers, man. I'm excited. Let's go. All right, so obviously we're going to be talking about a lot of the stuff that happened this week with all the teams that you might be caring about, but... Uh, Cody, what else are we going to be talking about this week? Or we today? are going to be talking about my personal favorite sport, the NBA. Now, with only a few weeks left going into the playoffs, I feel like we got to give the people what they're asking for. You know, we got to tell them yeah. who's on the rise, who's playing well, who are some of the front runners. Even though we already know who the front runners are, but like, let's just get let's just get into it, man. So last night, Luka Doncic, oh my God, 22 years old. This kid, this kid. Not a grown, I mean, he is a grown man and playing like one, but this kid dropped 31 points, 12 rebounds, and 20 assists as a 20-year-old, and he beat the Washington Wizards, carried them on their back, and beat them by one point because the Wizards have been on fire lately. And another person who went off a couple days ago, another young star, Kevin Porter Jr. for the Houston Rockets, only 20 years old, and he broke LeBron James's records, his rookie record for dropping the most points. Or like dropping the most points as like the youngest player. Crazy kid. He dropped 50 points, 11 assists, 6 rebounds. He hit like 5 threes. I think he only had 2 turnovers. And right now, the dude looks like a future superstar. And Cajal, I'm very sad. Because uh, <laughs> I could have invested into Kevin Porter, you know, in his cards. They were going for like 250 at the time when I was calling it out. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I'm sad, man, and it, it sucks <laughs> because he's just going off. He's doing well. You know, all these young stars are just having great games, and with the playoffs right around the corner, we look at the standings right now. The Jazz and the Suns still cl- still claim to number one and number two seed in the West, and the Nets and the 76ers claim the number one and number two seed in the East. Now, Cajal, I know exciting news for you. <laughs> the NBA playoffs <laughs> are coming up. I know you're going to tune into every game, yep. um, but what do you think, man? Well, I, I want to ask you this question because I feel like um, basketball fans in general – we are kind of scared to see what the league's going to be like without LeBron, like after he yeah. retires. And just seeing all these young players pop off, I mean, what do you think? Thanks for uh, throwing me that softball. I like that one. I think, uh, I think we're kind of seeing a new era, at least like um, basketball, certainly not my sport. Uh, that's I'm leaving that 100% up to Cody. I'll keep it 100 with y'all. But <laughs> um, I think that when you're getting this new league, like it seems like back in the day, there was always like a face, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and when you look at different eras, you're like, ah, oh, this was MJ. Ah, oh, this was LeBron and stuff. But like, where are we really going with this one? Because exactly. I don't, I don't think you can look at anyone and be like, man, there is a definitive best player right now. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with like, I, maybe you would have said that about like Curry back in the day. Like he probably would have put up the best argument for it at the time. But like, um, I look at the Warriors and I'm like, are they are they falling off? Like, no, actually, Curry is carrying them right now okay. so hard. He is putting on one of the best seasons ever, honestly. Like, if Clay and Draymond were playing right now, the Warriors, I feel like, would be a four seed. Especially, I mean, Curry's numbers would probably drop if they were playing, but he's playing out of his mind right now. No one can disrespect Steph Curry right now. It's just crazy what he's doing. Yeah, so. and I, I think that's why there's so much hype on Zion. Like, mm-hmm. Because I think people realize that LeBron retiring at some point is going to be inevitable. Um, and they're looking for that new face to come out already. And uh, yes, rookies always get buzz and stuff, but that's what Zion is supposed to be. You exactly. know, he's supposed to be that new face. And I do like that there are going to be some new players in there, some young players, and we're going to be starting to have this debate of who really is like the top dog. Mm-hmm. But right now, <laughs> it, it doesn't seem like there's anyone who's like predestined for it. It's it's pretty insane, honestly. Like, Because if you really think about it, I think a lot of – like casual fans ones that don't really like watch like the games and stuff would say that the new face of the league would probably either be Zion or Giannis you know Mm -hmm. because the two-time MVP he's only 24 years old like he's lengthy he's built like LeBron like 
People are looking at Giannis and Zion just based off pure athleticism. But I think you got to throw in Luka Doncic, like if you're talking about potential faces of the league, even Nikola Jokic, you know, mm -hmm. he doesn't look like, you know, he's not, doesn't look athletic, but the dude can drop a 30 point triple double just like Luka can. And like, they're just, it's crazy to me. Like it, the, the league is in a great hand right now and I'm excited. So, yeah. And especially when I'm looking at teams and stuff, cause like, I don't I don't track the games I don't watch a lot of the games uh, but I'll keep up with the standings every now and then and like but I was shocked like I, I talked to you before the show I was mm. shocked to see like the jazz up there because uh, <laughs> when when you don't really watch as much as I or I guess when you watch about as much as I do um, over the years you're starting to see these teams transform and the cool thing about them is uh they're just throwing stars around the league exactly. it feels like it feels like uh you could look at a team the next year and someone that you thought was unmovable is all of a sudden just chilling on another team with like three other stars who mm -hmm. are like of the same caliber um because that's what the nba does right now uh and i really do like that because you you make it clear that you have a bunch of super teams the super teams are the ones that are competing and then the people who uh who aren't really competitors, you know, mm -hmm. they kind of turn off their team's games and then they just get to the lottery and like, yep. they hope that they hope that the lottery goes their way. You know, I agree. Um, so I think it's, I think this new style of basketball that we're seeing, at least from a management standpoint, and then what the stars in the league are doing are, it's really cool. It's I different. really do. It's like different it than any other league for sure. So yeah. I, I like it too as well. All right. Well, uh, good talk. And well, quick question. Um, if like, let's say I, uh, Let's say I don't watch much basketball, right? <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, if I were, if someone out there was like me mm -hmm. and wanted to be able to talk uh, with someone else about, oh yeah, uh, I think that this team's gonna come from the east and this team's gonna come from the west, and like sound like informed about it, what two teams do you think that you would go with? To to, to like watch basketball to be like informed? Yeah, yeah. Like they're they're gonna be um, like someone who's fun right now. Okay. Who uh who you think that like they're worth turning on because they're probably gonna be playing some <laughs> very meaningful games. I like that. A I like, that's weeks. a great question. So obviously the first two obvious qu uh, answers are the Lakers and the Nets, just because the Nets have obviously the trio of James Harden, Kyrie, and Kevin, and Lakers got AD and LeBron. Mm -hmm. So those two guys are. I mean, those two teams right there. You turn them on. If they're playing another competitive team, it's gonna be a good show. But one team I would keep an eye on, if you just like watching fundamental basketball, fun games, I would keep an eye on the Denver Nuggets. Watch out for this okay. guy's name. Michael Porter Jr. will be a star in the next two years. Yeah. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., Nikola Jokic, all these guys, they're playing very well in Denver right now. I also really like the Phoenix Suns. They are a very fun team to watch. Um, Devin Booker made his first playoffs this year. Very excited for him. And then my last team would have to be the Charlotte Hornets with LaMelo and P.J. Washington and Scary Terry, Devontae Graham. Like, just these unknown players, besides LaMelo, like, just yeah. these unknown players that are just playing so well right now. And it's crazy. So definitely those teams right there are super fun to watch, I would say. All right. Awesome. Well, that covers about for basketball. Uh, and we're going to be talking about the draft a little bit later. But uh, let's swing on over to football really fast. Because some big news broke when the draft was happening, um, and it was that Aaron Rodgers kind of wants out of Green Bay. Mm -hmm. uh, we touched on it during News Central briefly, uh, but we were talking about so many other draft things that it, like didn't even really matter. Um, and Aaron, like, really, uh, so I have a lot of stuff to talk about with this one <laughs> because Aaron Rodgers basically drops the day of the draft, the day of the first round. He wants out. He's sick of how management has been handling it. Um, and it really seemed to catch the Packers organization off guard because you have guys like Matt LaFleur saying, like, I can't imagine a team without him. And they want uh, Gutekunst, uh, the GM of the Packers, they want him gone. And Packers are kind of a lawless organization because they don't have an owner. Like, mm -hmm. the, the fans own the team. So um, my question is for you, like, first of all, if Aaron Rodgers – wants out do you think he's actually going to be able to get that or do you think he's going to have to go through some means of like retiring and then paying off his contract like a brett Favre does yeah so first before i answer that question i want to say very briefly holy heck <laughs> when he dropped that bomb like i was shook i mm -hmm. was extremely shook honestly not surprised he has every right to be mad at management the way they've been treating him like they trade up last year to draft to draft his quote-unquote successor in jordan love mm -hmm. and didn't even make him a backup 
And yeah. he complains that he doesn't have a lot of weapons. He wants more weapons outside of Devontae. And what do they do? They don't draft they don't draft any receivers. They don't draft any like D lineman help, which they really need. Like they just go, Oh, sorry, Rogers, we're gonna draft another corner this year, even though we got Jair and Kevin King. So yeah. absolutely I feel like Aaron Rodgers is being disrespected. Oh, now you wanna hear the worst part? What's up? They didn't talk to him about his contract at all until uh I think this offseason when they brought him in and asked him to either uh, restructure and take a little less money oh or move it around to the back end. Yeah. That's after that, an MVP season. After he just won your team MVP with <laughs> no weapon, yep. uh, by the way, yep. outside of Devontae Adams yep. on that receiving corpse. That's crazy to me. <sighs> but to answer your question, I don't think he gets traded. I actually think if he really does truly want out of Green Bay and if he's not doing this just to kind of wake them up or a little bit, uh, he has to retire. He might go the Brett Favre route and retire. Maybe take a season off, host Jeopardy, make mm-hmm. some side money, come back and just storm the league. Maybe join the Vikings and take on your division opponents. I think that would be hilarious. Or join the um, the Lions, you know, like join them and at, like be, like take them to um, like a title game and just prove to the Packers that they made a big mistake, you know? Yeah, I think I think when you look at Aaron Rodgers, he's going to definitely be on that vengeance tour if he somehow gets free of his contract from the Packers. Uh, he's probably going to want to sign with a team like the Lions, who right now have Jared Goff. They're not really doing too much. And uh, just take it all out on the Packers when he can mm-hmm. and show them that they made a mistake. But as of right now, you know, he's uh, he's just thrown a fit. Um, and it makes sense. Yeah. He he deserves to. But like, if he does go, uh, there have been reports on like teams like the Broncos and stuff. So we won't talk about where he could go because there are a lot of ones. Where do you, where would you want him to go? Oh, easy, San Francisco. <sighs> Bring him over here, Jimmy but you, G. You, but, 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 you just you just you just got Lance. Uh, he, he's not gonna play this year. There's no. I mean, he might because Jimmy G is so bad. But like. He's going to sit behind someone. Might as well sit, let him sit behind Rodgers. Yeah, I honestly, because I heard reports that on the day he um, wanted to get, like, he wanted out. I heard reports that the Niners were willing to give up number three and, like, a lot for him. And I was not mad at it. Like, come come to us. Get your second ring. Like, his yeah. second ring, right? He doesn't have another one, I no, believe. Yeah, get Get your second ring and bring us to the promised land with Kittle. We got so many weapons around you. You know that if Aaron Rodgers comes to our team, the San Francisco 49ers, and if we don't have any barring injuries, that's a Super Bowl team. Yeah. So I would love him to come to the Niners. I don't think it's going to happen, though. But other than that, um, if it's not the Niners, I would love for him to go to an NFC North team and just bring out that vengeance against mm-hmm. the Packers. So I, w- I really want to see him go to the Washington football team. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be, that'd be interesting. Because I think that when you look at their team, they have, they have some good receivers. Uh, credit to them. They were able to snag some nice guys. But then on top of that, they have uh, just a monstrous defense. And they oh, worked yeah. on that so much in the draft. Mm-hmm. So I think, uh, I think seeing Aaron Rodgers go there <laughs> and just dominate that awful division – would be super fun. It would um, be very entertaining, but I just I I would want to see him on a vengeance tour. I yeah. really do. Maybe yeah. even go to the Steelers. Could you imagine? No, no. Come stop, on. I know stop, we don't like the Steelers. Stop. But like, stop. Ooh. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that. All right. Yo. Um. <laughs> so we'll move on to some baseball news. For if you haven't been keeping up with baseball, this is going to be our last one before we start going into the draft. Uh. We got the Mariners. They play the Angels today right after our show ends. So if you want to check that out, I highly encourage you to. But uh, <laughs> Mariners starting to look like, uh, let's just say, like I kind of expected them to. We're back to right reality. Now. Yeah, we, we have snapped back to reality. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, there goes our huge winning streak because <laughs> Mariners, since last Sunday, have a 2-5 and five record in the seven games that they've played. Um, and last night, like I didn't, <laughs> I don't even think you can call last night a game. It was a, it was a slaughter. That was against the Angels. It was uh, our second one of the series. We won a really impressive one the night before. So we went into last night kind of with a lot of hope. I thought mm-hmm. it'd be fun, but then uh, L.J. Newsom goes up on the mound, and uh, that was it. That was it, really. <laughs> like I could say, L.J. Newsom went up to the mound, and it was over. Yep. Um, it was his first appearance as a starting pitcher, and I don't know if it was the pressure or what. But none of his breaking balls were getting into the zone. Not a single one. Which, if you don't know what a breaking ball is, it's kind of an off-speed pitch. Uh, something that's going to drop, do whatever in the zone. Trick a batter. Um, so he was just feeding him fastballs the entire time. That's all they were getting across the zone. 
So if they saw off speed, they weren't even swinging. And then when they saw him go to a fastball, it was like batting practice. Honestly, it was just like batting practice. The second they saw a fastball, they were swinging for power. <laughs> and that showed because they knocked out eight runs in the first two innings, including three home runs. And LJ got pulled. Yeah. It was gone. And then they brought in Duggar right after that. Duggar played, uh, played a good inning after that. And then they knocked another home run off, off of him for two more runs. And uh, that wrapped it up so that there were, it was a 10-5 to 5 game. Mm-hmm. But if you looked at the score, 10-5 to 5 was like the game was a foregone conclusion um, pretty early in. Uh, it wasn't even really something that was watchable. So hopefully they turn it around today. Um, 110, like I said, that's going to be something if you want to hop on uh, 10 minutes after our sh- show ends today. Uh, you can definitely go and check that out. Um, mm-hmm. But what have what have you seen from the Mariners if you've been watching them, Cody? I have been watching them, and the thing I that still frustrates me about the Mariners is our pitching. So like I love watching good pitchers. I, it's very entertaining to me. I know it's weird because <laughs> not a lot of people like watching pitching because it's boring and you know it's all that stuff. But mm-hmm. I really enjoy it. And the thing we struggle with is our pitchers. And I just feel like we sometimes we start out so hot. Like Sheffield, the game I watched uh, when we played the Dodgers way back, he started out so hot. And then towards the bottom of the innings, like the bottom of the seventh, bottom of the eighth, he just starts to give up a couple runs. They start to come back, and it's just like, really? Like, mm-hmm. why can't we ever just have a solid pitcher from start to close? Like, I just I don't see it. Like, I mean, obviously Kikuchi is amazing, but Sheffield, like all these guys, I just feel like I don't see like consistent pitching from the Mariners, and I feel like that's something we struggle with. Obviously, also, Kyle Lewis has not been playing so hot after he's been back from injury. Something to look out for as well, because last year, Kyle Lewis was one of the big reasons we got a lot of those, mm-hmm. you know, run-ins, those RBIs. Like, it, he was a big hitter for us. So, I don't know. It's it's unfortunate. It's kind of like back to reality, I feel like, for Mariners fans. I know it's my first year of tuning in, but, like, mm-hmm. I feel like at this point, like, Mariners fans get so excited, like, for, like, the first 40 games. Yeah. And then... <laughs> Reality starts to hit. Thanos wakes up, snaps his reality stone, and we're just back to normal. Yeah, I mean, there was that one year where they were, like, the highest uh, scoring team in the league uh, coming off, like, the first 30, 40 games. And then all of a sudden they just go on a slide. And I think that that's just kind of what you got to expect as a Mariners fan. You're going to have some streaks where they're really hot and they're really fun to watch, Um, especially with guys like Kyle Lewis coming back. Like, uh, Kyle Lewis came or had a rough first two games i think he went 0 for 4 0 for 5 in yeah. those but then immediately after he's just turning it on and playing like kind of hot um he'll have his he'll have some definitely on games so i think that when you when you watch him you just kind of got to take it with a grain of salt like this is probably not a playoff contender maybe they sneak into a wild card i think that'd be fun but i think um, that'd be awesome mm-hmm. when it comes to but when it comes to your thing about the pitching like the biggest thing to note is we still have a lot of pitchers who are on their way up. And when that stops becoming a problem, it's going to be so helpful. And especially when we're about to trade away guys, probably like Kendall Graveman, who's one of the best relief pitchers in the league right now, mm-hmm. we'll probably trade him away. because, uh, And it makes sense because yeah. relief pitchers, they're very off or on and off throughout the year, so we'll probably just trade when our window's open. But, um, yeah, like it's going to be nice because we're probably going to receive a bunch of compensation for some guys this year. Like we'll probably trade Seager away or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, this, I think this will be the final year where we're really rebuilding. But take a I look so. at all these young stars. Like they are crazy. And if Dunn and Sheffield and those guys keep improving along with some of these rookies that are about to come <laughs> up from uh, come up and pitch for us, it's going to be a nice team. It's yes. going to be a really nice team. I agree. Our future is bright, but unfortunately, <laughs> it's not our year. Uh, I have to say it again. I mean, every, we say it every year, right? We always think it's our year, and then by the mid, we just know it's not our year. Yeah. So it's not our year yet. <laughs> it's coming. Hey, yep. And, uh, well, when you look at the standings, uh, Mariners are third in the division right now. We'll keep you guys updated on this so that you can know if there's any chance that we make playoffs. But um, – <laughs> As of right now, uh, like I said, we went on a big slide. We went 2-5. and five. But fortunately for us, the Athletics also, who were like red hot, they were winning game after game after game and not slowing down. They started to go on a streak, and they, uh, they lost 2 out of 5 as well within yeah. the past 7 days. So that's kind of what you like to see if you're trying to stay in it. Um, I know that that was probably really big for um, – 
for the Mariners, Angels, and Astros. The Rangers aren't even really that in it. I think they're like four games back in the division right now. Yeah. But the uh, <laughs> but the Mariners do still hold on, but it does create opportunities for the Astros, which is a big oof. I know nobody around here really wants to see them win. No, zero people. I mean, honestly, so I'm looking at the, at the standings right now. Like, the four teams that, like, are in, the, in our division, the AL West, we're only one game back. So it's kind of like... These games right now versus the the Strohs, I mean, we already played the Strohs, but versus mm-hmm. the Strohs, the Angels are super important to us. Like, we got to win as much as we can to, like, kind of, like, creep up, you know, get get that, like, um, cushion between. Because right now, we're all, the, like, the, the A's, the Astros, the Mariners, and Angels are all separated by one game. Mm-hmm. And it's insane, so. And it's, uh, and I think the most important thing to look at, like, take a look at the series before or the Astros series like earlier in the season and the Astros series that just happened. Um, Astros series earlier in the season, it was a tight game, or mm-hmm. it was a tight set of games. Um, and we came out with the win in that series, but that was with Altuve out. And then all of a sudden Altuve comes back, and he's a big help. <laughs> even with Kyle Lewis. Yeah, you could say he's a big help. <laughs> um, I think there was a game where he went 5-for-5 five five against us. It was either 4-for-5. Five five five. Five he went 4-for-5. He for went 4-for-5. Five. Five. <laughs> and uh, he was just belting him. Like, it hurt so much just to watch him uh, just destroy us. And that's just the level of talent he brings. Yep. I think he's one of the more underpaid players in the league. And it shows. It really does show with the Strohs. <laughs> um, so they're they're definitely going to be, uh, like, the reality check, I think, for the Mariners. If, if the Mariners want to, like, start stepping up and doing stuff. But they're going to have to get through them. I think the division's probably going to have to go through the Astros because uh, – Right now, they're playing pretty well, even after losing a guy like George Springer, which, bringing him up, kind of brings us into our players to watch. So, I teased mine, but why don't you go first? Uh, Who is your player to watch for this week? All right, my player to watch this week is another pitcher. I love my pitchers, and is Yusei Kikuchi for the Mariners. He played a absolute great game against the the Strohs when we won 1-0. I think he had a no-hitter through the fifth the sixth or seven something like yeah. that i think it's something like that but he has been absolutely on fire and i definitely think in the coming weeks watch out for this guy when he is pitching he could do some good things for us because uh our pitching is uh kind of suspect right now so <laughs> yeah i think the biggest problem is uh service just doesn't know when to pull him yeah like, and and that's been a problem forever but it's kind of just because like you know we're not expecting to win you might as well get him in some tough situations so that in the future when we are winning they know how to work their way out of them uh but yeah that's that's a good one i really do like you say uh i'm gonna flip it over to the blue jays right now and i kind of have two so if you want to watch the blue blue jays and the braves they're on right now um very exciting fun to throw in the background uh (laughs) vladimir guerrero jr is one of them and then george springer who i mentioned is the other because Vladdy, this week, about five days ago, hit three home runs, one of which was a grand slam, all in the same game. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been on a tear. His bat is just so valuable to that team. And speaking of valuable, George Springer comes in from an injury and just starts playing out of his mind. Last night, he slapped two home runs uh, in the game against the Braves, and that was a super tight game. Um, mm-hmm. I believe that they won. And... Yeah, they're they've just been also simultaneously on a tear. They are good. Um, I think that that duo right now is super fun to watch. So if you're someone like me who really enjoys hitting, um, they're going to be one of the more fun teams to watch because they've got that, and then they've also got like guys like Bo Bichette, where you you look at them and you're like, shoot, how are how can you get so much talent just loaded onto one team? So like their one two three four are just absolutely nasty to watch. So mm-hmm. you're gonna get some hits in there. You're gonna get some nice home runs. Um, the I'll Blue say. Jays are definitely a fun team to watch right now. A beautiful team, and honestly, I love the Blue Jays because I uh, they were my World Series <laughs> prediction <laughs> before the season started. So shout out to the Blue Jays, man. Y'all playing nice. They're second in their in their division right now. I mean, they're like six games behind the Red Sox, who are just. Yeah, out Red Sox mind. out of their minds. They're right playing now. out of their minds right now. I don't know what's <laughs> going on with the Red Sox, but they're playing really well. But hey, the Blue Jays are clean. Vladimir Guerrero is nice, dude. He is nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you have a so do you have any switches for teams that you think are going to potentially be making the World Series? 
Um, now that we're like about a, I think, are we even a quarter way through the season? We're a good portion through the season. We're a good right? w- good portion of the way through the season. I mean, I predicted, uh, what did I predict in the beginning? I think I predicted Blue Jays and Padres, right? Yeah. So I'm still going with that prediction. Blue Jays. Really? Yes. Okay. Blue Jays and Padres. Uh, why? Why not? <laughs> Padres, yeah. obviously, I love Tatis and Machado. I think they are the Batman and Robin of the entire MLB right now. At least this year, eh, not really. But, like, overall, Tatis, obviously, is playing very well. So I love him. I love the Padres. If it's not the Padres, it's definitely the Dodgers. I think they're the biggest front runner right now to go back-to-back. And, obviously, the Brewers are playing well. The um, Royals are playing really well. So, no, I, I don't. I don't have any changes. I don't like to change my predictions because I feel like that's not fair in a yeah. way. So I'm still going with my bold prediction of the Blue Jays for the National League or the American League, and then the Padres for the National League. Yeah, it's a it's a tough one because in the NL West you have the Dodgers and Padres, um, and but like the Padres are the team that I want to love. I think the team that everyone wants to love, but the Dodgers are just like they, the second half of their lineup. Yeah. Like, when you look at... I was talking to one of my buddies about this. When you look at the second half of their lineup, like their 5, 6, 7, or uh, 5 through 9, whatever, um, those are going to be the starting guys on any other team's lineup. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. They have so much talent. They are so ridiculously good, and they're capitalizing on this window. But if the Padres can get it done, that'd be sick. But um, between those two... Uh, guess who's winning in the NL West right now? Guess who's slated at the top? <laughs> the San Francisco Giants. <laughs> the San Francisco Giants <laughs> of all teams. It's so disgusting right now. Um, I guarantee oh. you the Giants won't finish there. I would be willing Heck to no. bet everything Heck I no. own on that. But, um, yeah, Dodgers-Padres right now, um, definitely one of the best rivalries. And like I said, I said this uh, at the beginning on our like our MLB primer before the season started. Um Padres Dodgers will still continue to be some of the best games to throw on. So um, when you look at their last series, it was just absolutely incredible to watch. Make sure you tune into those ones if you do get the opportunity because upcoming, those are going to be fun. I mean, yeah, it's it's crazy because I was watching their game recently, the recent one they played, the Padres and the Dodgers, and I think it went into the 11th inning, Mm -hmm. right? It went into the 11th inning. The Padres won by one, and they came back too. Like, they had to score off a couple runs and RBIs. Like, it's just crazy. This rivalry is so good. So, definitely, if you want to start getting into baseball, this is a matchup I would tune in to watch. All right, and there you have it. That's uh, everything you guys are pretty much needing to know for this week, all the big sports stuff uh, when it comes to basketball, football, whatever. Uh, Now we're going to get into the draft. Uh, We're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we're going to be talking about everything draft, what we liked, what we hated, all of that. Uh, but yeah, we'll be back in a couple minutes. And you are listening to the Bench Warmers. We're back with your favorite Bench Warmers here on 88 One The Bird, your music central. Yo, 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 what is going on, everyone? And welcome back to the Benchwarmers. It's your boy, Cody Fox Day, and I'm joined with my co-host, Cajal Lang. That is, that is me. That is me. <laughs> <laughs> what is up, guys? All right, so as Cajal stated earlier before the break, we are going to talk about the latest draft news, all those updates. Obviously, our teams had two, you know, of the top five picks. We're going to get yeah. all into those details. And uh, Cajal, why don't you just, uh, let's just get right into it. Start us off. All right, well, um... Let's take a quick look at just in general. Um, we can we can start with what teams we thought had the best drafts. Okay. Because I think it's better to start it off on a positive note because we're definitely going to probably tear into one or two teams <laughs> uh, for the choices that they were making. But um, if you were to go off of what team you think had the best draft, which the one are you picking? Draft. I mean, the first one that just comes to mind right away is the Chicago Bears. Dang it, you took mine. Like, I mean, it's pro- it's a pretty obvious one, right? Yeah, because that one's such a, I such think a just just that one pick alone of Justin Fields trading up from twenty five to eleven to get Justin Fields, who I think is going to be the best quarterback out of this draft at this point. Crazy, crazy. They finally made a good pick, and honestly, I'm very excited for that Chicago team. Like, they could be a title team. 
in two years, man. Like, great pick for the Chicago Bears. They got their franchise quarterback, and uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. Unfortunately, your boy, uh, Mr. Andy Dalton, will have to move back probably to— well. I don't know. He might start. He might start week one, week two, and then bring Fields in later. But yeah. as of right now, I could very highly see week uh, week one Justin Fields starting at quarterback. So yeah, I um I really did like that for them. I think that that was probably uh, one of the best um, drafts that they could have possibly had. They they didn't expect Tevin Jenkins to fall to them in the second, um, so they traded up to grab him, um, and that was the second time they traded up that that week. And they literally snagged two first-round talents mm-hmm. um, by a lot of people's measures. Justin Fields is going to set them up for the future in a spot where they have – he might step on the field and immediately be the best quarterback they've had in their franchise's history. Because right now, it's just like what? Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so if that's the bar that you're setting, Justin Fields is has to be an exciting pick. I know <laughs> years of Mitch Trubisky – probably pained him and I think Bears fans were looking and they're like shoot we made the playoffs how are we going to get high enough to get this pick get a pick that can snag us a quarterback mm-hmm. but they did it they, did they it. managed it and I think that they are definitely a team that uh you can look at and be like they had a phenomenal draft and I think another team like that that's kind of sliding under the radar um there are a lot of teams that had some good ones but you got to look at the Browns Ooh. the Browns had a draft because they snagged two major positions of need um, and they snagged some of the best players available. Greg Newsom um, is a guy that I didn't think would fall to them. I think that they were kind of hoping he would uh, because there's no way that like a guy like Pat Sertan was going to make it that far. (laughs) But Greg Newsom, the corner out of Northwestern, shores up so much with their secondary, which was a problem. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, they're already scary front seven. They added a guy, Jeremiah Owusu uh, Cormea or whatever. I thought he was the best linebacker, if not the best defensive player in this draft. And I, a lot of other people did too. Mm. Um, he's just like a smaller linebacker. He And you look at him, he reminds me a lot of Darius Leonard when mm. he plays who obviously is probably one of the premier linebackers in the league right now. And he was supposed to be a first-rounder, but for some reason, he slid and slid and slid. And the Browns saw this, and they said, whoa, uh, did we miss something? Uh, What's going on? And they just trade up, and they snag him way later than they should with, like, the 52nd pick or something. So, yeah, I think that they, with those two picks alone, they did so much. And then they obviously grab extra guys for depth and stuff. Yeah. But you don't really need that much when you're the Browns because your team is already so stacked and they just made it so much better. I I agree. I think the Browns definitely slid on the radar with those two picks. And I think another team that um, I think really won the draft. I mean, after the season they had, anything would make them win the draft. And that's the New York Jets. Like, they got, um, obviously, Zach Wilson with the number two mm-hmm. pick, and they came up and got their line on Elijah Vera. Wait, who'd they draft? Again? I'm sorry, I forgot. Elijah Vera Tucker. Oh, yeah, they did draft Elijah Vera Tucker to obviously help Wilson, and then they got Elijah Moore, right? Mm-hmm. He slipped to the second round, and they picked him up and got Elijah Stupid. Moore. Another weapon for Zach Wilson to throw to with Corey Davis and Jameson Crowder. Like, the Jets, man, with Robert Sala, you know, my boy, like— they they could surprise a team. They could surprise some teams this year. Like I feel like obviously playoffs are still a long way to go because that defense is extremely suspect, even with Sala as the head coach. Like extremely. But I could see him going like six and oh, I was gonna say six and ten, but uh, six and eleven now, six <laughs> and eleven or seven and ten. Oh yeah. my god, that just sounds so bad. Like yeah. I was just saying it's, that out loud. It's crazy that they <laughs> might though. Yeah. Um. Honestly, they are they are a team that is slowly on the up. I'm surprised they didn't take a little bit more defense. That was shocking to me. But Sala made it clear. He's like, yeah, we got to fix this offense. I know? agree. Um, and he's not working with his own strengths. So I would say that this is a very interesting decision. But we'll give it a go. We'll see. Uh, maybe he thinks that next year when they're actually like starting to get to the point where they feel like they can contend a bit, they will, um, they'll draft a little bit more defense heavy and Sala will be able to work those pieces up pretty quickly but yeah um one more team that i liked their draft a lot a lot was the carolina panthers carolina panthers did so much that worked um jc horn was an obvious pick when they drafted him with eight um i think they passed up on certain they passed up on certain um they also passed up on who was it the other tackle um because 
Penny oh, Rashawn Sewell. Slater. Yeah, Rashawn Slater. Rashawn Slater, yeah. Which, that was kind of suspect to me, but, um, you know, they said we need a corner. We got to get that guy, and yeah. they did it. Uh, J.C. Horn looks like he's going to be a really good, really good player, and especially mm-hmm. when you look at, you know, his, I think it's his dad. You have Joe Horn, who legitimately NFL player, very good. Um, and so you, he has that pedigree. Yeah. He has that pedigree. But then just to top it off, talk about guys who slid. Terrence Marshall, or Terrace Marshall, my bad, slides to the 27th pick of the second round. I don't know what teams Ooh. were thinking, but Terrace Marshall just slides all the way to 27. They are able to snag him before the Saints can, the pick, the next pick, <laughs> um, which I thought was funny. My roommate's a Saints fan, and he yeah. was almost in tears. So <laughs> Terrace Marshall, he slides, and that was awesome for them because now they have that big receiver. They had Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore, who were some smaller guys, speedy guys, do a lot after they catch the football. Terrace Marshall is that big man that they needed. Mm-hmm. And their receiving core for Sam Darnold, he ain't got no excuses because they also got, by the way, uh, they got Brady Christensen to lock him up, but they got Tommy Tremble, the Ooh. tight end out of Notre Dame, and then to help him out in case Christian McCaffrey gets hurt again somehow. By the way, Sam Darnold also has Christian McCaffrey along yeah. with all these new yeah, weapons. Yeah, in case but, you didn't know. <laughs> um, but they also got Chuba Hubbard. Oh! And, yeah. What? A lot of people don't know who Chuba Hubbard is. He's the Oklahoma State running back. He's good. He didn't do a ton this year because I believe he opted out after like seven games. Uh, he had some injuries and stuff, so he kind of slid in this draft. But when you looked at him last year, he had 2,094 yards, on uh, not on the year, rushing, rushing alone. He stacked on an additional 200 yards receiving, mm-hmm. um, so he had something like 2,300 <sighs> from scrimmage. Ridiculous. He was absolutely crazy, and I think that he's going to be that nice uh, two to the one-two punch with Christian McCaffrey. I know McCaffrey won't be off the field all that much, but when he is, Chuba Hubbard fills that gap for them really well. Um, and that defense played very well last year. So I I really like the prospects for the Panthers. I think they're legitimately one year out from being contenders to be division winners. I um, agree. They might snag a wild card this year, depending on how Sam Darnold plays. Um, but all that matters right now for them is if the quarterback plays well. Because if he does, they're a great team. Mm-hmm. I, I absolutely agree. I think the Panthers got a – they did a really good job for, for their draft class th- this season. And, you know – Last year, like honestly, they looked like a quarterback away from being in the wild card spot. Mm-hmm. So I could easily see him being in wild card spot. Wild card spot. I'm so sorry because all these weapons they have, they still have C Mac. Obviously, too, you match J C Horn with Jeremy Chin. Like, yeah. are you serious? That dude is a <laughs> baller. Like, this oh. team is not. And uh, let's just throw out there, they still got Derek Brown at mm-hmm. defensive tackle. Like. You know, like this team is is something. They are definitely going to be one of those under the radar teams that kind of comes in and honestly could still even win the NFC South because I mean, I mean, okay, never mind. I forgot the Bucks exist. Never mind. So, <laughs> the second seed, they could snag that second seed in the NFC South cuz the Bucks do still exist. So, yeah. But yeah. I I give them a couple of years uh once Brady retires and stuff, I think it might be interesting to see who really rises up there because I think the Bucks are going to stay at the top until Brady's gone. And then once he is, uh, it's going to be a free-for-all. The Saints obviously are the favorites at this specific point in time, I'd say, because their roster's so loaded. But um, the other teams right now, you got the Falcons and the and the Panthers. They're kind of just building up what they can. Um, Falcons are going to be an interesting story, though, uh, and we'll talk about them probably in a sec. Uh, do you have a team that you thought had a disappointing draft? A disappointing draft. Mm, okay. Um, the first one that comes to my mind is, sorry to your roommate, uh, the New Orleans Saints. What are um, they doing? I don't know. What are they doing? I mean, honestly, so their first pick, I don't even remember his name. Peyton Turner. Yeah, who is that? Uh, I think he played like five games this last season. Oh. And he, he looks like <laughs> good in those games. I mean. Um, but he. Like, I mean, with like Rashad Bateman still on the board, Elijah mm-hmm. Moore, Terrace Marshall. Like, obviously, you have can't guard Mike as your number one receiver. Jared Cook's getting up there in age. And, like, what, is Traycon Smith going to be your number two receiver in New Orleans? Like, I, I, I just don't see it. Like, they had Bateman. I mean, Bateman was ready for them. Elijah Moore, Terrace Marshall. Like, I just don't know what they're doing. And even if they do draft the defensive player, Peyton Turner, of all people? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. The Saints really disappointed me. And other than that, uh, I'm kind of... Think still kind of thinking, but I feel like just off the top, like the Saints, really, like I just didn't know what they were doing. Other than that, I feel like a lot of teams didn't really have that bad of a draft. I mean, 
Uh, what was it? The Ravens passing up on Tevin Jenkins when he was avail- available yeah. to them. That one kind of threw me for a loop. But other than that, I mean, I just don't think many teams that had that bad of a draft. Yeah, uh, when it comes to the Saints, I you look at their picks. You look at their picks through the first three rounds, and it, they make it clear what they're going to do. Uh, it was just the way that they go about it that yeah. I thought was weird. Because, like, Peyton Turner was a weird guy to snag. Pete Werner, uh, not a bad person, but Paulson Adebo in the third, that was uh, a pick I really liked. But you see defensive end, linebacker, corner. And after Drew Brees has just retired, I think they're making it clear, and they're saying, hey, we're going to play heavy defense, and we're going to run the ball with Alvin Kamara because he's our best asset. Mm-hmm. Um, and now they bring in Ian Book, who is – fourth round quarterback that they snag out of Notre Dame nothing nothing really like special about him he's got the potential to be like a a good player for him of course but he's probably going to be relegated to a backup role um and yeah he's he's honestly like not super worth talking about but mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of their picks aren't Paulson Adebo I, I was the one I liked the most value wise um I just didn't get it. I didn't get what they were doing. I really didn't understand. They they're the only team that I'm like, wow, what what happened? What happened up there? Like, yeah, I don't know. So definitely the Saints. Other than that, I think the Bengals draft first round draft pick was kind of suspect. But I want you to get into that, obviously. So yeah, I'll <laughs> I'll talk about that one because that was a that was a pretty big one, and I think that that was the catalyst for the way the rest of the draft went. Because uh, when you look at like mocks and stuff, everything makes sense when it's falling in line, but. For the for the Dolphins, they were sad. They were really sad because they clearly probably wanted Chase, they and did. instead they get Waddle. Um, and what the Bengals did, I've come to terms with. I really do like it, um, especially because you look at the tackle position. Uh, the Bengals are fine on tackle. Don't let anyone tell you different. Like they are doing okay on tackle, and the guys that they have, they trust in. They got Riley Reef. He's going to be a solid like guy for him, and. Jonah Williams, he was he was our first round pick like two years ago, mm-hmm. but obviously he tore his ACL the first year, and then he didn't get much playing time. Uh, well, he got a lot of playing time. He was just injured for some of the season and stuff. So don't don't listen to the haters. Uh, <laughs> tackles, <laughs> tackles not what they need. They need interior guys, and um, I think that they're kind of working on that right now. Yeah, I think it's not more of the fact that people are hating on the pick Chase because obviously everyone agrees that Chase is a great player and he would have gone like right after. If I he saw didn't. Bleacher Report give the pick like an F. Okay, no one cares. Yeah, Bleacher Report is sad. Bleacher so, Report is sad. Whatever, you know. But obviously Chase was going right after you guys if you didn't take him to the Dolphins. So no one's hating on the Chase pick. I think it's just the fact that Penny Sewell, people are saying he's a once-in-a-generational offensive lineman. Yeah. So just that right there was ready for you. And I don't know if you saw this video, but the Lions GM was so hyped mm-hmm. when he saw Penny Sewell fall to him at seven. Like he got up, he banged his chest, like he was ecstatic. And yeah. I agree with it. I like, would be too. <laughs> like, like it's insane. Yeah, the the Lions got a heck of a player with that one. Um, but I think the thing that scares me is wide receivers don't usually pan out. Any of these wide receivers can be awesome, or any of them can just be like, yeesh, why'd you take him? But yeah. Jamar Chase has the safest chance to just be an absolute star, and he's been one of the top talents. Like, underrated, where you look at, like, Kyle Pitts, who is the best quarterback prospect in or be, sorry, best tight end prospect in a while. You have Trevor Lawrence, who's one of the best uh, quarterback prospects in a while. Jamar Chase is up there with some of the best prospects in a long time, mm-hmm. but no one really talks about it because there are so many wide receivers in this draft. So exactly. I don't I don't disagree with the pick. I think that, that it was a fine pick, especially when you take Jackson Carmen uh, second um, or in the second round because he's going to be a really good guard out of Clemson that is going to help shore up that line in a spot where they needed it most. Exactly. So uh, this Bengals team definitely not contenders this year, I don't think. But uh, I think they're going to surprise a lot of people. I think a lot of people like to hate on the teams at the bottom because uh, it makes them feel better about their sad organization. <laughs> but um, I, I think that the Bengals are not going to be that team that people are making fun of uh, come the next offseason. But let's take a quick look at some of the specific picks. Are there any that you thought were like just ridiculous values for where they got them? Ridiculous values. Um, ridiculous values. Ridiculous. Like you mentioned, Penny Sewell. Obviously, yes. Penny Sewell being at number seven. That's number one to me. Justin Fields at number eleven is also up there. Um, hmm. Honestly, I feel like a lot of these picks. Like, I just feel like 
I don't, I mean, Waddle, obviously, because, I mean, because I love Waddle. I think he's a great player, but I knew the Dolphins were going to take a receiver. They wanted Chase at six. So Waddle, yeah. obviously, was a great value for them. I hate to say it, but Najee Harris to the Steelers was a great value pick yeah. for them. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Najee Harris was a great pick for the Steelers, you know. But, yeah, other than that, I what I don't about know. about the Jets' second-round pick? The Jets? Oh, Elijah Moore? Yeah. Ah, definitely, for sure. Um, obviously, I already talked about that. That's why I didn't want to repeat oh, myself. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah, trying yeah, to yeah. think of new players that kind of, like, just either fell or, like, are going to be very good, I think. And, yeah, just, like, players I haven't talked about, obviously, Najee. Um, uh, what's, what's it? Ah, Penny Sewell. Sorry. I just – I don't know why. I blanked on him. Penny Sewell, Najee, Rashawn Slater, obviously. But, yeah, those guys right there, solid, solid picks. Yeah, I'm. I agree with you on a lot of those ones. Uh, pretty easy to see that like those guys are going to be absolutely just like hot. Like <laughs> they're going to be, they're going to be very very nice. Yeah. Um, I do think that it was kind of lucky for the Eagles to be able to snag the Heisman winner at ten. That was that was really cool uh, to see, especially when they jumped over the Giants, who really wanted him for who some reason. Really wanted him. Um, and they, I don't know how they got that Intel. I don't know what spies they got, mm -hmm. but the Eagles knew everyone was like, why would you trade up and draft? And then later in the first round giants take a receiver. And, uh, that kind of takes me into what I wanted to ask you about next was, uh, potential guys that maybe went a bit earlier than they should. Mm -hmm. Um, so what, what position or what, uh, player do you think went a little bit too early a little bit too early all right this is gonna be whoo i love this player this is gonna be a hot a extremely hot take i think he should have gone to I, I feel like he went really early just based off his combine and the fact that he just is a solid player his athleticism is crazy but uh hot take kyle pitts he went at four. Oh, hot take okay Ooh. he is a generational talent but I just don't see, like, many tight ends just go, like, that high so far. And, like, I feel like he's going to have so much pressure on him, especially after the pro day he had. I, mm -hmm. ooh, man, because, I mean, you look at my boy George Kittle. He was a fifth rounder. Like, I just don't, we don't see many tight ends going, like, especially top five. Yeah. Like, I feel like Kittle and Kelsey are the big reasons for that, for sure. So, that one for sure. It's gonna be. It's a hot take. I definitely think they went a little bit too high on that. Um, another one is um, if the Patriots didn't take him, I would have said Mac Jones. Yeah. But the Patriots took him, so I think. Um, so I mean, he's gonna su succeed in Belichick with Belichick. So, other than that, yeah, I feel like those two guys right there. I feel like Mac Jones went really high. I think he was supposed to go in the second. I wanted him to go in the second round. I think that's what he's worth. But because he was selected by the Patriots, um. He'll he'll be fine. He'll be fine. Yeah, and the the team that I had reaching in the first round, <laughs> it, I don't know why they do it every single year because it hasn't worked and it kind of infuriates me. Is the Las Vegas Raiders taking Alex Leatherwood? Like, <laughs> dude, dude, I get you want your guy and I get you have that pick, but Alex Wet Leatherwood is like probably a second to third rounder. He wasn't going with the pick that they took him. Uh-uh. I can no. tell you that. <laughs> Anyone but the Raiders, if they're in that spot, do not take Alex Leatherwood. Yes. Literally any team. So all they had to do was trade down. They had to trade back. Maybe no teams were calling, but that means for three straight years, no teams have been calling on the picks they've been making because I swear they reach every single year because they're like, oh, we have John Gruden and we also have Mike Mayock, who's a draft expert. Well, we don't see that draft expertise when you're actually practicing it right now. Exactly. And, and it's so sad to see this. I feel bad for Raiders fans, especially people in Las Vegas who thought that they were getting an exciting team mm -hmm. because – they just keep taking garbage players, and it's not its not like garbage, garbage. Like They're just getting guys way too early, and the gar I shouldn't say garbage players. I should say garbage picks because when you're taking them with the picks that you're given, you're not maximizing the value. You don't need to be taking Alex Leatherwood in this spot, and that upset me. Um, but another team that I think struggled only because they had their picks sniped, the New York Giants. Oh, yeah. Darius <laughs> Tony. Uh, I thought was a little bit early. I get you want a wide receiver, but you there were so many others on the board that you could have <sighs> taken. Like I would have rather had Rashad Bateman, who went who fell to the the Ravens. 
Uh, but you know, they do, they're going to do them and they can do whatever. But I was not a fan of the Kadarius Tony pick, especially when you have, you just signed Kenny Galladay. Yes. You have Darius Slayton. You yes. have Sterling Shepard. What are you going to use this guy for? I, that exactly. You just said it because I was just about to say it. Why do they want a receiver so bad? Obviously, they wanted Devontae. And okay, fun fact about Devontae before I roast the Giants. Um, Sports Center was so prepared that to go for him to go to the Giants because in one of their captions they titled him like the undersized giant. Like, where will the undersized giant <laughs> succeed next? And they were so ready for him mm-hmm. to go to the Giants with that storyline. I just thought it was so funny. But anyways, the Giants, man, they like you said. They have Kenny Galladay. They have um, Darius Slayton. They have Sterling Shepard. They have Evan Ingram. They have Saquon Barkley. What is this dude going to do for you guys? Special teams? Because, you know, Joe Judge obviously is a special teams guru, I guess. But I don't know. I feel like the Giants right now are surrounding Daniel Jones with so many weapons that he has no excuse when he fails. If he fails. Sorry. Uh (laughs) No, actually, I I retract my statement. When he fails. (laughs) They, he has no excuses because he has all these weapons around him, you know? Yeah, and the crazy part is, like, I felt like he didn't really even have excuse, excuses last year. And he still kind of botched it. Uh, and with that, like, just wrapping up on the thoughts in the show, like, when you have a team like the Giants, I get, like, you want that depth, especially after you saw some injuries and stuff last year and the guy you just brought in in free agency, he gets injured. But your defense was your best part last year. Mm-hmm. Build on your strengths. Like, a lot of people draft for weakness or draft best player available. Um, But you got to, like, you got to look at your strengths sometimes and just say, we're just going to boost this, Mm -hmm. especially when it's your entire defense because that defense turned on so much late in the year. And, you know, it's it's really a shame to see the Giants go this way. Um, The rest of their draft was like, eh. Not something you want to see, but... I don't think the Giants had a good draft at all, honestly. I mean... I just feel like, like you said, they're trying to fix their weaknesses where they should be focusing on building with their strengths. I mean, that's why, honestly, that's why I'm getting off topic here, but that's why I think John Lynch is one of the best, like, draftees, like, as a general manager, because people hate on his picks a lot when he was drafting D-line after D-line after D-line, but he knew what he was doing. He's building on the strength of our D-line. He knows that the D-line is going to be a very specialty to our division, especially the NFC West when the Seahawks don't have a really good line. The, um, the Rams line is kind of getting up there in age. So, like, build on your strength. I just yeah. don't understand what the Giants are doing at this point. So, we'll see. We'll see if Daniel Jones does something. I highly doubt he doesn't. So, um, I don't know. The Giants will be an interesting team to watch this year, for sure. All right. Well, that's going to – that's a good point, Cody. That's going <laughs> to wrap us up here uh, on bench warmers. We are reaching the top of the 1 o'clock hour. So, we want to get to make sure you guys get uh, back into your scheduled listening. So, Cody, a lot of fun. We won't be on next week. We will not be on next week because next weekend is Mother's Day. Love so your mama. Love your mama. Show us some love. Get her some chocolates. Get her some flowers. Give her a hug. Yeah. Anyways, guys, thank you so much for tuning into our show. It has been an absolute pleasure being your guys' host. Kajo and I had a great time. And uh, have a great weekend. We'll see you all in two weeks. Peace out. See you.